man in his sophisticated unbelief searches for, or rather unsearches for God, under the guise of academia. In truth, it is the sons of Adam's intention to break the conviction of righteousness and to cast off its restraints. Psalms chapter 2, 1 through 5. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Where is God? Is there a God? At that day when all men stand before God in judgment, it will be laughable at just how entirely God had revealed himself to the challengers, but they refused to see. Consider these passages, Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Job 27, 3, All the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. 1 John 1, 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Psalms 19, 1 through 3. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth wisdom. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God is everywhere. He is in every breath and in every photon, yet the sophisticated challengers cannot see. In Psalms 2, 4, it reads, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. When the challengers stand before God at the white throne judgment, he will have them in derision. According to Noah Webster, the word derision means contempt manifested by laughter or scorn. In life, they boldly cried, where is God? Where is God? When he was ubiquitous, he was in their noses, in their eyes, manifested day and night. He was everywhere. Have you been born again? Are you prepared to meet your creator? Today can be your day of salvation. Today, you can become a brand new creature, forgiven and delivered from the bondage of sin. God's hand is extended to you. Click on the Further with Jesus right now. You will find childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Do it now. We'll wait for you here. Now for today's subject. God said, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. God said, John chapter 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? God said, Philippians chapter 1, 21 through 24, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. 
for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Man said, Woe is me! What now? Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said. This is feature article 619 that once again proves the full inerrancy of God's holy word. These features are all archived in text and streaming audio for the edification of the saints and as ammunition in the battle for the souls of men. Thank you for coming. We speak over you and your house the blessings of God's light and truth. On December 27th, we received this cry for help from a family in trouble. We have altered the email to protect the identity of the writer. Typically, personal situations are handled privately, but this situation is one we will all need to face. The difference between the position taken by the redeemed and the unsaved in times of trouble is a stark 180. The email follows. Dear God said, man said, I have been a Christian for nearly 40 years. I have gone in life preaching the gospel for the life of me. I can't explain many times why God permits death. Yet in faith, I find myself explaining to those I try to reach with God's word how it is. Now today, I find myself with the same problem. I have four grown-up children with their own families. We have eight grandchildren and one great-grandson. Most of my family has accepted Jesus Christ, but like most families, there are divisions. Now, we have one great-grandson. One more was to be born, but due to complications in the seventh month, my granddaughter lost our little one. We all waited so much wanting to have this great-granddaughter. She never made it today, December 26th. She passed on in the arms of two of the most loving people uh, that I love so much. Now I find myself so upset and helpless. I find myself not believing in God's help when so many were praying for my granddaughter and her baby to come into our family. I cried out to God, why? I find myself losing my faith in God, and I know it's of the devil. Please tell me how I can keep myself and our family from falling apart. I called out to God with so much anger and contempt. I don't feel the presence of God today. Please pray for us. She had so many plans, and she bought so many clothes for this little one. What can we do? With all the prayers, it never seems to help. I cry out to God and Jesus Christ for his help in this day of sorrow. Thank you, Joseph. End of quote. Troubles are certain in this life, even promised. But in the trouble, God makes a way of escape. Job 14.1 says, Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Job 3, 25 and 26, For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I was not in safety, neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. This man speaking, Brother Job, had just lost his ten children and his vast earthly belongings in one single day. But God makes an understanding that satisfies the spirit in the times of trouble. Yes, a way of escape. Psalms chapter 9, verse 9. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Psalms 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel, lost his beloved wife, Rachel, 
as she gave birth to Benjamin, the 12th tribe of Israel. Personally, both of my grandmothers died along with their babies in childbearing. Brother John the Baptist was decapitated in his early 30s. Jesus Christ was crucified at approximately 33 years of age. Brother Stephen was stoned to death as a young man because of his testimony of the cross of Christ. Millions of God's children have been terminated by acts of Satan's persecution, but each received a hero's welcome when they arrived home. Troubles? Sorrows? Yes, but not without solutions and rejoicing. Troubles are promised as well as our solutions. Psalms 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Years ago, I was called to bury a five-day-old little baby girl. The parents' hearts were broken. The funeral director carried the infant out in a coffin just a little larger than a bread box. I was at a loss for words. God, what do I say? God was faithful to help me in this time of trouble with a beautiful childlike explanation. I was instructed that it was all a matter of perspective. From our earthly perspective, this was a sorrow above sorrows. The parents' hearts were broken. They had prepared a place for their daughter. They had bought her clothing, and their hearts were filled with expectation. But her life here was ended. She was no more. But the angels saw it differently. They had a different perspective. The angels looked at this new resident of heaven and said, How fortunate you are! Today, hundreds of thousands of children were born into this world. Of those who live to be adults, many will become drunkards, dope addicts, adulterers, thieves, murderers, and so on. And the vast majority will reject Christ as their way of escape and will spend eternity in the lake of fire. Jesus said, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. This little five-day-old child was ushered into the presence of God, escaping all of the pitfalls and damages that Satan and this life could muster. Let me read you an advertisement from Revelation chapter 21, 1 through 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful." It's truly a matter of perspective. Because of the fall of our grandparents in the Garden of Eden, the law of sin and death began to reign. But Christ Jesus has triumphed over it for all those who embrace his name. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through through 58, For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption... And this mortal shall have put on immortality. 
Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. To Brother Joseph's grieving family, we extend our prayers and our hope. Listen to this passage, Luke 12, 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The difference between those of this world and those who know their Christ is stark indeed. The sons of Adam end this life in bitterness, fear, and disappointment. The sons of God see death as the door to eternal life. Brother Joseph, may God's love and promises replace the sorrow that you and your family feel. God said, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 12, and 13, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. God said, John 11:25 and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? God said, Philippians chapter 1, 21 through 24, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Man said, Woe is me! What now? Now you have the record.